0: My name is Daniel. Um, I have a special guest with me. I'm excited because, one, I get to do it in person again, which is cool. I haven't done that in a few episodes. So that's super dope. But I have my, my boxing coach with me, Coach Qaddafi. What's good with you? How you, how you feeling? What's up? What's up? How's it going? <laughs> good, good, good. So the question I asked people, all right, what question you want me to ask my boxing coach, right? The question they wanted me to ask you was, who was the best Southpaw you ever trained? And why is it me? <laughs> I Please don't answer that. Nobody wanted me to ask that. I wanted to ask you that to throw you off. I just, <laughs> <All right. laughs> I just wanted to say, as I asked it, like I started to cycle through the people that I know you trained at with Southpaws, I was like, yeah, don't play yourself. Um, but no, for real though, you good though? Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm good. good. Cool, cool. Good. Yeah, I'm excited. Bet. No, uh, i yeah, glad we made this work um so cool so it's been good you know getting to know you on like a coach like trainer trainee mm-hmm. you know relationship but it'd yeah. be good to get to know you like you know who you are behind the coach and behind like the fighter you feel me so yeah you know just to get into it what what kind of got you into fighting because you've been doing it for a minute right yeah
1: hot minute.
0: yeah how yeah. long is a hot minute elementary elementary school so pretty hot minute But nah, so so what got you into it in elementary?
1: So um, my uncle owned a gym in Winterhaven, Florida, called Tigers World. So I first started shoe fighting. It's a form of kickboxing, and um, you know they got a belt system. Well, he had a belt system, and um, yeah, man, started with that. But I was I was probably the laziest kid in there. Yeah,
0: hands down. Yeah. What made you? But you stuck with it. Yeah, I stuck with it, of course. What made you stick with it? Um.
1: Honestly, as a kid, I didn't have nothing else to do. That's fair. That's yeah. fair.
0: But it wasn't like your thing, you were just like, uh, well, this is what I was exposed to. Yeah,
1: my uncle was getting on me all the time, and I used to forget my ghee all the time. I, Almost like an everyday thing, i will forget my gi. And then when I forget my gi, he would make me, uh, he would make me sit in front of a mirror. And he would say, Canafi, uh, look at yourself. Because <laughs> <laughs> I never had a complete guillard. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he would say, Canafi, look at yourself. How do you feel? And I would sit there and I'd be like, "Ah, and, I, and he would do it in front of the whole class. And um, yeah, man, it was cool. It was cool. We learned a lot of lessons. It was pretty, pretty cool. When did you get serious about it? Um, after high school. Okay. So after high school, I was sitting there. You know, I wrestled, played football in high school, and I loved wrestling. I didn't love football. Um, I loved wrestling. I loved powerlifting. But the thing about one thing I realized is uh, individual sports. So if you lost, it was all you. You can't blame nobody. You know what I'm saying? Like you got to put in the work. That's the only way you're gonna win. Mm-hmm. Football. You can you can give it your your best. And you'll still lose. You'll still take that L. And I had a football team where we we lost damn near every game for the <laughs> for the four years I was there. We damn near lost, uh, yeah, every game. So it was pretty bad. But wrestling was a different story. So so um yeah, I was intrigued. I think the first fight I saw, I was at a where I was at? I was at a buddy of mine's house. And it was um Forrest Griffin and Aaron Banner. Is that is that what it is? Sure. Aaron Banner? Narry's a bell but I couldn't really Oh, it was the first UFC fight. And um okay. my first UFC and now that, that was crazy. And then uh I was catching on to that and watching more UFC fights. I first wanted to uh Yeah yeah yeah. So UFC was a jam. I called my uncle up one day. And I was with a buddy of mine, I said, Hey man, you know, we wrestled in high school, we're not doing anything now. I mean, what, what do we got to lose? We got a regular nine to five job, what do we got to lose? So let's 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 go to the gym. I called my uncle up. My uncle said I can come back to the gym
0: and it was off it was off from that. Sure so at this time Were you actively training still or it had been the training was halted? You so, like in high school were you doing Wrestling, football, and training? Or you were mostly wrestling football? No,
1: just wrestling, uh, wrestling and football. Wrestling and football.
0: Okay. And, um,
1: yeah. Yeah, wrestling and football. Yeah, wrestling and football. So
0: you saw the UFC fight and was like, let's get back into this? Yeah. It was an
1: idea. So first it was an idea. And at that time, my life was like, it was, it was, it was rough. For real, for real. Drugs. You know, Drugs. Just doing bullshit. Just doing dumb, dumb bullshit. And I just got tired of it. I woke up one day, I looked in the mirror, I told myself, I can't keep doing this. You know? I can't keep doing it. Like something something's gonna give. Like if I keep doing if I keep going the past I'm going, I ain't I ain't gonna make it. So um I I realized like in ordinary to be a fighter, you gotta be like the most dis- disciplined person in the world. And that's what I needed at that time in my life. I needed discipline because I was everywhere. I was everywhere.
0: So, yeah, I just jumped
1: back in the gym. Okay.
0: So was it was it anything about when you saw that first UFC that made you like that stood out? Like, was anything about that, or was it just like the need for the discipline in your life? Um, my uncle was a fighter. My dad was a fighter.
1: And uh, even though my dad wasn't in my life like that, I kind of, I kind of. It was kind of one of those things where it's like, my dad did it, maybe I can feel something. It was, it was, it was a lot of emotions that was in this decision. You know what I'm saying? And um, yeah, and I knew it was scary, and I knew it was something that, if I committed to it, I couldn't run from it. I couldn't escape it, so I said, yeah, like I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it, I'm
0: gonna go all in, yeah. So, so you were 18 at this time? Nineteen. Nineteen. Okay. So you are nineteen. You say you can go all in. Um, what was? How did it change your life when you when you decided to go all in? You was like, I can't, I can't out this some more, and you you go all in. What? How did your life change?
1: Man, I understood that. My uh, life well, changed a lot of ways, man. It's kind of like you do something you don't know. When you're not disciplined in one thing, you won't be disciplined in a lot of things. You know what I'm saying? You're kind of everywhere. You kinda, you're kind of doing too much sometimes. You know what I'm saying? You don't, even, you don't even realize it. You don't even realize it. So when I first got to the gym, I was training. And uh, I wasn't even taking it serious at first. So I was getting beat up a lot, I was getting beat up a lot. But at this time in my life, I failed at a lot of things. A lot of things. Um, I failed at a lot of things, man. It, it, and it got to the point where I got my ass whooped in the gym and I was in the car and it was crazy. I, I, uh, can I tell the story? Absolutely. I remember the first time it happened. So I was big, you know what I'm saying? I was kind of in shape. And uh, because one of my homies, his name was Vaughn, he was on house arrest and he couldn't leave his house. So I'm sitting there and Vaughn was on house arrest. So me and Vaughn became real cool. And I met him on like, um, back in my gangster wannabe days, I met him in those days. And he was still on house arrest, but he lived right down the street, so I hit him up one day. I was like, hey, you know what I'm saying, let's hang out. So he was on house arrest, so I managed to um, put a boxing bag in his garage. His, his Yeah, his garage, and then I put a weight set on his porch. There was a weight set I had in my house that my mom wanted me to get out because it was in my room and it was uh, tearing up the tiles, so I put it at Vaughn's house. So I, just, I hung out at Vaughn's house when I wasn't at work and uh, lift weights. Worked out, trained. Um, Where I wasn't at the gym, I was working on the things that uh, that my cousin showed me and whatnot. Anyways, we first sparring day. Now, first sparring day at the gym. I I also was sparring people at people at my house, um, and I was doing relatively good. You know what I'm saying? I was like I was like known for having them hands. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So now it's the first time me sparring someone who actually eats, sleeps, and breathes mixed martial arts. You know what I'm saying? This mm-hmm. guy goes to the boxing gym for two hours, and after that he goes, you know, he trains kickboxing, BJJ and all that other stuff. Um, for another two hours. Two and a half hours. And that was his Monday through, Monday through Saturday. So we're sitting there it's first time sparring and this guy's like 120 pounds soaking wet probably 125 pounds soaking wet about six ones just naturally skinny guy named mackinson he's a good friend of the family and um yeah beat the piss out of me just beat the piss out of me and uh i remember sitting in the car man and i was so mad and I had tears in my eyes and i was like yo i'm not I'm not giving up on one more thing. Today was a bad day. And I'm gonna have a lot of days like these. And I realized I'm gonna have a lot of days like these because that was just the tip of the iceberg because he wasn't even the nicest person in the gym. He wasn't even the nicest person in the gym. So I, like, that gave me a reality like, man, like just because I'm big and I'm strong and I'm fast and I, and I have all this athleticism, it's not gonna help me in this world. You know, so yeah, that's when I made the commitment. I didn't want to fill out like one more thing and I was damned, you know, I was just
0: I wasn't gonna quit. You no, know, ain't no way. So yeah. So what what was it like in the gym after that? Like you you know, you got your ass whipped, respectfully, and then you you kinda brush yourself off, you go in, I don't know if next day, maybe not, or next time you go in the gym, what's it like?
1: Man, to be honest, I was getting my ass whooped for like a year and a half, almost two years. But here's the cool thing. Um, training at my uncle's gym, training with family, I was getting my ass whooped by those guys. But when I went and cross-trained at other gyms, I was, I was doing relatively good, you know what I'm saying? I was holding my own, and I would go to other gyms and dominate. So it was like, that kinda kept me in the gym as well, because it wasn't like I was sorry. I was getting my ass whooped everywhere. It was just this one place, what well, and the boxing gym too, because the the Monday through Friday schedule was you get to the boxing gym at uh, let me see, I think it was two o'clock, Powell's Gym in Winterhaven, I think it was two o'clock. So from two to four, the gym was open from like two to four thirty. So from there, we leave that gym, and uh, my uncle's gym, Tiger's World, was like. four minutes away, driving distance, four minutes away. So from the boxing gym, you go to the, you go to my uncle's gym, that's another two and a half, three hours of training right there.
0: So that was Monday through Friday. Gotcha. So when did you, so about a year and a half, you, that happened. When did you start to turn the corner and what do you think, made you turn the corner. Was it just putting the work in or was it something like mentally that, that went off? It was a I realized it was a mental block I had. Because when I first
1: started training, I got paired up with Edom's. Edoms is a big Haitian guy. Big Haitian guy. And Edom's was like 245, 250 pounds, but he had obliques Solid, Mm -hmm. solid, and here I am. I'm thinking, okay, this guy's gonna take it easy on me, and he didn't. Ever, he didn't. You know, every punch had everything he had. Every low kick had everything he had. Every time he struck, struck, grappled, he put everything he had, and it was just like, damn, like I gotta train with this dude forever, basically. You know what I'm yeah, 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 yeah. I gotta this dude forever. <laughs> so so you know what I'm saying? I'm getting my stripes, I'm getting my stripes, and Edom was just a big guy. So um one day we're in the gym. It's a Saturday morning. I'll never forget. It's a Saturday morning and Edom is fucking me up. He's fucking me up again. And then uh I still have a knee injury from Edom's. Yes, yeah, right here. And uh from him low kicking me. It just destroying my leg. And he didn't care how small I was. He didn't care. And my cousin was like, yo, like, fight back. Fight back. And I was just terrified of him. And my cousin was like, you got to fight back. Like, you got to, you can't keep just letting Edom just tear you up like this. So one day, he's, he's piecing me up. And I say this to my athletes, like, you got to have a fuck it switch. You got to have a fucking switch. You got to. Everybody needs one. That's when I flicked it. Boom. And now I'm going in from being this defensive guy to this offensive guy with Eams. And that's the first day, and it wasn't the last. That was the first day I got the best of Eams in Spark. And then that changed my mindset from there on out.
0: That's dope. Yeah. I'm sure that was. I had a little bit of that too, like a little bit of that. So I can imagine what it was like for you. Mm-hmm. Cause for me, it was like a few sparring sessions and then, you know, whatever. But for you to experience that, that's probably like a game changer for you. So you move forward and did you become like a predominantly offensive fighter after that?
1: Yeah. So I became. <laughs> it was actually a good thing and a bad thing at the same time because I I was an offensive guy, but I was too offensive. Uh. I wasn't gauging my distance control well. I just kinda, I was the guy who kinda just, I'd throw a few jabs, bite on the mouthpiece, get mid-range and let him go. It's pretty much what I was. Mm-hmm. And then I had to train myself to, okay, you need to stay
0: under your feet, you need to use your jab more, you
1: know what I'm saying? But,
0: yeah. Gotcha. So, at this point, you're you're sparring and you switch styles, you probably, there's probably some kind of adjustment after you mm-hmm. go from being a defensive to offensive, then too offensive to, all right, how do I bring it back, and mm-hmm. then, like, become a complete fighter, probably, mm-hmm. I imagine. Um, you hadn't turned, er, in, in, in the level of, like, amateur pro or whatever, where were you around this time?
1: I ain't even fought yet. You haven't fought yet. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: So, what was your mindset then, moving forward? So, you... You know, after you adjust, I guess when did you decide to like move forward with that?
1: Man, everything was my uncle. So if my uncle didn't feel like you were, you weren't ready, you just weren't ready. If he felt like he was ready, he was ready, and uh, he pretty much, um, yeah. I mean, he said to me one day, he says, "I'm Jackson, you're Tito, or something." <laughs> he said, "I'm Jackson, you're Tito." And I was like, all right, cool. I was, and I still haven't seen that movie. Um, I, I know it's a movie reference, but I still haven't seen it. And, um, yeah. So whatever my uncle said, man, that's, that's, that's what it went with everybody in the gym. Gotcha. Didn't question it.
0: Gotcha.
1: So when he said, you fighting on this day, you ready to fight, boom, you got the fight, bam. That was it. Hmm. Okay. So how did your first fight go? I fought a guy from... Gracie Tampa. bald headed dude. I think it was, a, uh, it was a Purple Bell. And I remember um, so at one point in time I I got to go back because I used to bite on my mouthpiece and just get it. So then Edson comes under me and he says, yo, you need to work your jab. So I'm like, okay, fuck. I'm not jabbing. Because I was still getting caught with a lot of big shots. And he's like, you, you know what I'm saying? You long, you need to work your jab more. So I went to the boxing gym and I uh I was blessed to to be in a, a boxing gym with a lot of pro boxers who weren't who weren't like who didn't have big egos. You know what I mean? Mhm. Because in a boxing gym it's true. There's it's just it's just ego. There's a lot of ego in a boxing gym. It's nothing like a kickbox kickboxing gym or a Muay Thai gym. Boxing gym is hella ego. Hella ego. So now I'm in here with these guys, and these guys don't, they, they don't mind stopping and helping me out. They don't mind, you know, while they're hitting the bag and they're in their sessions, if I'm hitting the bag next to them, I can say, hey, how do you do that? And they'll just be like, oh, you know, boom, boom, boom. So I'd watch these guys hit the bag, and then I would hit the bag, and uh, I worked on my jab for weeks, months, just jab, going to the gym, now, jab, 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 jab. you know, 15, 15 rounds, 16 rounds, jab, jab, jab. And this was when pad work wasn't accessible. You know, you couldn't just walk up to a coach and get pad work and better not, don't even ask. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Don't even ask for pad work. Mm-hmm. That, that shit ain't happening. Uh, if the coach feel like, you know, you're worthy, you're worthy of pad work, he'll come up to you and he'll invite you to the ring. Until then, you just shadow box, bag work, and you did the calisthenic work out in the corner, and you left the gym, you know, so, I worked on my jab, so, I worked my jab so much to the point, I stopped brawling, then I would just jab, and then it got to the point where my coach was like, yo, which is my cousin Edson, he was like, yo, you need to throw combinations, you're just jabbing people to death, you need to do, <laughs> you need to do something else, you know, so my first fight, that's basically all I did, uh, I just jabbed the guy. Jab, jab, jab. And, and I almost knocked him out. Just jab, 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 jab. And I ended up winning by a uh, split decision.
0: Nice. Yeah. Nice, nice. Uh. How how long were you... This was an amateur fight, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How long were you in the amateur fight game? Um, ten seasons. 17 fights. Oh, okay. So that's hot, man. And over so over the course of that, how did that affirmation, you know, kind of change your mindset or was it was it just like a it, it reaffirmed your belief in yourself or you know what i mean how 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 was that when you when you went the first time
1: it was proof that i can do it you know i'm
0: saying i don't have to question myself anymore if you put in the work you can
1: win so you just you just get addicted to that, that feeling of getting your hand raised mm-hmm. you know you go through shit for six to eight weeks get your hand raised Sacrifice, get dis you know what I'm saying, get disciplined, get your hand raised, that's it. Gotcha. So after the seventeenth fight, what happens? So it wasn't too long ago, um a tournament came up and it wasn't a boxing tournament, it was a kickboxing tournament. It was a prestige one down in uh somewhere in Virginia. So I told myself, Okay, let me give let me give this this, this fighting thing one more shot. I haven't taken an L yet. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do this tournament at heavyweight. So I talked to my Muay Thai coach at uh, the time. Shout out to Jake. Jake House Muay Thai. And um, you know, he said, let's do it. So I was training for that. I hurt my knee in camp. I hurt it real bad to the point I couldn't walk. And uh, I couldn't walk for a few days. I said, damn. So I pulled out. Then I, I, I was being able to I started being able to walk again, but it wasn't that good. It wasn't that good. But uh, I told myself, you know what? Half of me can probably beat these guys. Okay. <laughs> I said half of me can probably beat these guys. So I called Jake. I told Jake I was doing it. He asked me if I was sure. Uh, I asked my wife and she said, you know, whatever, I guess. You know, she didn't think I should do it, but she was like, you yeah, know, just do it. You know, she's she's ride or die, so she's with me. So I, I did the tournament, and uh, I lost. I lost, uh, I forgot the guy's name. It was a big-ass dude. Was not expecting him to be this big. I usually fight at middleweight, so I told myself I can just use my speed. My speed will get me through heavyweight, but... Uh, actually fought a real heavyweight. <laughs> a guy who was actually supposed to be there who can't cut down two or three weight classes. So, but it was fun. It was a good experience. I enjoyed myself. I didn't get knocked
0: out or anything. I just lost my decision. Gotcha. How, what's the weight difference between middleweight at that level, between middleweight and heavyweight? So, I'm a real middleweight. So,
1: my weight class is 185. Okay. This guy weighed in at, I think it was 250 and some change. And he had
0: abs. Okay. Oh yeah, he's supposed to be. Yeah, that motherfucker big. Yeah, sure. All right. Uh, What was the next move from there? Were you? So were you? Were you living in Virginia at this time? Yeah, I was living in Virginia. I was actually coaching. Okay.
1: I was Actually, coaching. But I'm coaching now. I'm I'm coaching. It's what I do.
0: Yeah. I've accepted it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. When did you? When did you come to accept it? Um, A little
1: bit after that fight. it wasn't, uh, it wasn't because I lost, it's just that I have too much on my plate to be disciplined enough to, to fight again. Because I know what type of work I'm going to have to put in, and I know it's, 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 it's impossible to put in that type of work with five children.
0: Makes sense. Makes sense. So, what made you, to backtrack a little bit because you're training at this point, what made you transition into training?
1: Um, I love to help people. I love to help people. I figured out that everybody's special. Some people just don't know
0: it. When did that switch go off for you? That realization? Because at some point between you fighting, you, there had to have been, you know what I mean, some kind of moment where... You saw Maybe you saw something in somebody or, you know what I mean, you were training with somebody or something. I
1: was laying down, man, and I was thinking of people that I trained. And some of them, you know, they they went off to do good things. Start businesses, families. It's just, it's just uh, noticing how you can change somebody's life just by being there and staying positive and encouraging them. And some people just don't have it. You know, they don't have that encouragement. They don't have somebody to tell them they can do it. They don't have somebody to pick them up when they're down and they, you know, when they're sluggish and they feel depressed, there's no one there. Uh, no one that's genuinely there trying to encourage them that don't, that don't want anything from them. You know what I'm saying? Like there's no, the, the end goal is for them to be better. So I feel like if I, I know that when I give people that genuinely kind energy, that, that, uh, that positivity and it's genuine, you can change it and you can, uh,
0: Yeah, you can change them Just make them better That's dope Um, It reminds me of a moment So like You know this, I know this But for the people listening I first like Officially met you It was I signed up for a 10 week beginner Boxing clinic Mm -hmm. Through the Norfolk gym And I recognize you from From the house Shout out to the house Shout out to Jake Mm-hmm. recognize you there like by face i don't think we spoke when i but i recognize you and then at the time i go because I, I, when i moved down i would always had an interest in the sport well not always but probably like as an adult i get into i guess my side of it a little bit but i had gained a respect for the craft in my adult years and so when i moved back here i had the opportunity and the time to to take that up and so I didn't have a good experience at the first boxing gym I went to, but then I discovered a house and then I saw this clinic and I was like, all right, I like Muay Thai. This is an opportunity to probably strengthen some of the skills that I can probably take back to that and kind of do like a little bit of both maybe. Um, And then at some point, so there was a beginner one and then there was kind of like the, what was advertised on the website as an intermediate one. Yeah. And then, like, at some point in the clinic, there became a thing where I don't think you just sign up for the intermediate, which is basically it was advertised as intermediate, but basically you're training with the other fighters at that point. Like, mm. you know what I mean? So, so I remember one of the times, one of the days, like halfway in between the camp, between, between between the clinic, um, somebody asked you, um, how do you know when somebody is ready? And you said, well, you've been doing this long enough, you just know. So, all that to ask, what is it that you look for in a fighter? And at what point would you encourage them to maybe go to the next level? Or do you let them decide, or is it a combination of both? I guess we start with the first question. What is it that you look for in a fighter? Like, somebody comes to you to train. What do you look for? What do you see? So...
1: What I look for in a fighter is somebody who knows what they want. And somebody who's uh, who's well-disciplined and, uh, and who can go out there and get it. Like, you don't got to remind them to get up and run. You don't have to remind them to do things that they know they should be doing. Somebody who is just uh, self-motivated. And that's it. That's the mindset you have to have. I mean, to just... To make it simple and um, of somebody who listens good you know at the end of the day you got to be able to listen you got to be able to listen if you can listen and follow through you can accomplish anything not just fighting I'm, it's, even in life you listen and follow through you can be dominant in anything and in the fight game you have to be able to listen and you have to be able to follow through um. now to 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 get deeper When, when somebody comes <clears throat> and they say I want to fight, right? First thing I do when somebody says that, first thing I do, I, I go, okay, you want to fight. All right, cool. Let's go, through these, uh, uh, let's go through these workouts. Let's go through all these things, technique, all that, right? But first sparring day, right? First sparring day or the first ass whooping, that's when you know if, if this individual is built for this or if they're not, right? Because a lot of people say they want to be fighters, but it's just an idea. A lot of the times it's just an idea. It's just one of those things where it's like, oh, you know, it looks cool, so I want to do it. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> I see <laughs> and I felt what you're saying. So. <laughs> then when they go through the hardships, either it's going to mold them into something... Something spectacular It's going to mold them To something better Than what they are Or They're going to fall back You know They're going to take A few steps back And they go Hey you know, Maybe this ain't for me And that's okay There's nothing wrong with that There's nothing wrong with that But You have a lot of individuals Who Where you can tell Where It's just an idea They'll continue After the first ass whooping they might, they, they might get a little bit good, you know what I'm saying? But they'll never devote themselves or go all in when it comes time, you know what I'm saying? They'll never go all in, because it's just an idea. It's just something, it's, it's fun, it's recreational. They just like to do it, they enjoy themselves. When they keep telling themselves, you know what I'm saying? They might tell themselves, I'm gonna be champion one day. But they're not disciplined enough. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, it boils down to discipline, consist, consistency, and basically just following through. Um, I had a conversation with a, a, a buddy of mine, shout out to Tyler. He's, uh, I worked under him at Norfolk, Norfolk Boxing. He was the, the head coach. And we're sitting down one day and he said, he said, um, he said there, there aren't too many bad boxing coaches. You never really run into a bad boxing coach. Right, He said, there might be a few of them, but you never really run into a bad boxing coach. But he said, something that struck out to me, he was like, "Um, it's the fighters who are not willing to be consistent, who, the ones who keep gym hopping, the ones that are not following through, those are the ones that are not gonna make it. At the end of the day, it's about, can you be consistent? Can you stick with one coach? Can you follow through with the with the techniques, the program the coach has? Are you gonna be consistent? Are you gonna come every day? Are you gonna come when you don't feel like it? Or are you gonna come when you get a significant other? 'Cause that's that's a big thing too. People people join gyms because they uh, somewhat lost themselves. Maybe they don't feel loved. You know, maybe they don't feel loved. They don't. Uh, they're not quite happy. And then once they get a a significant other, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, and I'm, I'm pretty sure you've been through this, maybe a, a gym friend. You don't see them no more. You know what I'm saying? Then they come back. Mm-hmm. Then they leave again. <laughs> then they come back. Break up. <laughs> they come back. They get yeah. somebody. They leave again. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's, it's just uh, what I'm looking for in a, uh, in a fighter, when somebody says they want to fight, is the ability to stay consistent and follow through. Because it's it's a long game. You're not gonna start fighting and be, you know, and be in front of a massive crowd in a year. It's gonna it's gonna take you a while. It's gonna take you a, while, a
0: long time. So it's a long game. That's that's super interesting. Cause you said as you as you're saying that, and as you kind of shared your story, it's kind of like some you test on some things that I kind of learned about myself too, even though for me it's only been a few years. And so at some point I was watching boxing professionally and I could see, you can kind of see things about a person in the ring. You know what I mean? Like how their behavior in the ring kind of is can be telling of who they are. Yes. And so a big thing for me I take a lot of L's in life Like You know what I mean So even From from an athletic perspective um, My high school Was pretty good At basketball Um, I got cut All threes I tried out in high school And then college We had a club team At Virginia Tech Which is basically Like junior college Equivalent I got cut twice there And I made it The third year finally Um, So Not a whole lot Of luck there Um, I played baseball Growing up had some decent success at the Little League whatever and then like after I got cut from basketball I was like well fuck it I don't want to like go through high school and not play a varsity sport so I made the baseball team which is not too much to that mm-hmm. um, you know what I mean but the get any burn but I, I made I was on the team and, and then um, the last decade you know having been jobless for a time you know uh stuff not working out as planned you know whether it be like when i was married or career wise not being where i thought i was going to be and so boxing to me became i I became intrigued because i was like if i can sort of start to see where people kind of what people are made of in the ring like you know somebody don't go out in their shield for example like or somebody doesn't remain disciplined to their, they don't sit to the game plan. They they have success in the early rounds, and they get figured out, and they can't adjust. Stuff like that. So I was like, <coughs> let me see what I'm made of. Life had humbled me enough to it was like, let me go into this, let me go into this shit with no ego, and just see what happens. Mm-hmm. And so, um, the first real test for me, again, I. And by the time I moved back here And was able to do it I was in the worst shape of my adult life I gained like 20-25 pounds I came out of like a Depression frankly And so between not hooping I stopped hooping Like for like X amount of months before And I just Woke up one day and just quit Cold turkey hooping, lifting, all that shit was done So by the time I got back into boxing Um, I was a heavy side had been. Um and it didn't work out the first time. I was like, "Uh, I don't want to see the way I, what I'm made of this way. So, that's when I was, I started like running. Like one day I just got home from work and I had enough energy to like, I was like, alright, let me change into clothes and just like run around the neighborhood. I ran like a mile in like 11 minutes. That's how, that's where I was at that point. But I kept doing it. Time got a little bit better. Led me to the house. So I started doing, you know, the, the bad class at the house. Eventually I to the fundamental class at the house. Discovered, you know the the ten week program, and so my next real test after that was the first time I sparred, and I think it was. There were like two people in that in that class that really stood out to me for, as like, you know, as somebody who was participating. There was, Choi, shout out to Choi if you remember Choi, mm-hmm. um, like ten years younger than me. He's about six two six three, like at that point. Probably like thirty pounds light, twenty pounds lighter than me. So every advantage I didn't have, he had. And then there was another guy, his Navy guy. I forget his name. I think it was Brian. Um, anyway, those were the first two guys that I sparred, and we can only use jabs. And Brian was more heavy-handed. Troy was quicker. So the first few times, frankly, didn't go well for me. If we keep it a rat, mm. <laughs> but. <laughs> I'm the type of person, like, I'm laid back, but when I hooped, I was, like, it was, like, a safe space for me. So I could, like, beat on my chest or, like, and one or whatever, like, you know, I hit the game winning shot, get the fuck off my court. Like, I could be that in basketball, and it would be, like, respect at the end of it. And that was, so when I sparred, that was the closest, you know, I got my ass beat. I hadn't felt that more in danger and alive in a minute. And so that was my first moment of, like, okay, you know, just keep doing this and see what happens. Like, I'm not, like, deterred. And then my next big moment for me was when I sparred, uh, I think it was by this time. So just to fill in the gaps. After that, I was one of the people that was going to, like, train. I think it was a few of us that were going to, like, start training with a team after that. But then COVID shut that down. And so we basically moved to, like, that's when – You probably already been doing it, but that's when I knew you were training out, uh, you know, training yourself, like Mm -hmm. doing private sessions. And so I've been doing that for probably on and off for about three, four months when I sparred Justin. Shout out Justin, who was about that life. Mm -hmm. And so that was my next moment of like, like, damn, you know. Um, But what I learned from that was going back to who I was. Life had humbled me, right, and so I I wasn't like a, I was like a go getter, but it was like a take what, take what you can get type of deal. It wasn't like so in that defensive mindset. It was kind of like a, let me stand here and see what I can get from. Let me see what the fighter gives, see what I get. Opportunist. Yeah. Yeah. But it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a mindset of of control. Like I I didn't. It wasn't in my mind that I could like control the pace of something. And then on top of that, I was the type of person where, like, even though I didn't make the teams, like, it wasn't because I was trash. It was because it was mental. So, like, if I hoop with somebody, and this was back in high school, if I hoop with somebody that might have been bigger than me, might have been taller than me, um, but I didn't know where he came from, he was just at direct hooping, Mm -hmm. I would probably at least hold my own. I might give him the business. But if if I knew going into it, oh, he plays varsity for, like, Booker T. Washington, He's getting looked at by X amount of schools. Um, you know, he's probably get a scholarship. That's gonna fuck me mentally. Mm-hmm. And so, what I realized after the fact when I sparred that time was, you know, he he presents himself and he's about that life. So I'm already going into it like with the mindset of let me just hang in there. If I could just hang in there, I'd be all right. Yeah. And then, um. I kind of hung in there the first time, the first round, but then like I, I'm just trying to connect. But I caught him in a way where he wasn't pleased. Yep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's exactly right. and so he caught me back in in some ways that I wasn't pleased. Yeah. And I was that was really some. You probably saw it in my eyes. I was like on some like, what do I do from here?
1: Yeah.
0: And I. I and I felt a little bit of a fucking switch, but it was also kind of like I got to work in the morning, and so like, <laughs> and so and so like I survived, but that was like a moment of like a make or break for me. Like, really, how much, do I, how bad do I want to do this? Like, I'm the oldest nigga in here. Whenever I'm in here, yeah, like yeah. trying to keep up with these young guys. What am I trying to hold on to? And I, I don't, I don't think I told you this or anybody else, but when I can't. I actually had a black eye after that. Um, for real? yeah. So I came home. And that was, like, the culmination of it, right? So, like, yeah. if, if you could cue some dramatic music. I didn't know I had a black eye to it. I just knew it felt kind of, like, puffy. Tingly? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I came home, and I look in this this, this mirror, like, yeah. you know, that's the first time I'm looking at myself since I sparred. And this one, I knew, like, it was either something wrong with me or, like, I was going to be all right. I look in the mirror, and I see it, and I'm like, is that this what a black eye is? And I was like... Boy, you ugly as hell, <laughs> and I just started laughing to myself. <laughs> like it was funny to me. Like yeah. that moment, why they broke people, but I was like, "This is this is cool." Yeah. You know what I mean? The next day, I wore my I wore my like non prescription frames, put my mask up at work a little bit more, yeah. so it wasn't noticeable. But I was like, and then I started to think like, there was something that I did that pissed them off enough to come back at me. So that means that I have something that can piss people off. Yeah. And then it was like it was just. It would just replay in my head like what I could have done better, and that I wasn't really as bad as I thought I was. It would just like mentally I was already defeated, and it wasn't like if this would be like winning this this level, like winning the sparring match. I was only looking for like this level of like yeah. let me look let me look good losing. You're in let me look losing. Mode. Yeah. Yeah. And so after that, I just was like I just came in like you know what I mean I'm gonna do what I do. And then there was a moment where we were doing paths and like stuff started to click, and where I realized like I don't have to wait for an instruction; I can kind of anticipate mm-hmm. and be put myself in a position to adjust. And so like all these mental battles I'm I'm fighting and starting to actually win. Like mm-hmm. the first year I'm doing this, I'm thinking I'm trash. Whole time it was just adjustments that had to be made mentally. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying like I'm like the best now, but I at some point during that I saw where I could become. To whatever extent I would become Like a good fighter Yeah You know what I mean Yeah And so It's cool hearing What you say From a training perspective Because What you What you're saying Is probably Affirmation of what I was feeling At the time mm-hmm. You know what I mean So You know what I mean It's just kind of cool it's, it's, it's cool to hear Both sides of that You know
1: I, I, I noticed uh When I had you Spar Umar Yeah When I had you Spar Umar And you pretty much Won all three rounds <laughs> Uh, yeah, you pretty much won all three rounds. And I was like, yo, something's different about my match. Something's different. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was like, something's different. So then uh, when I had you spar Justin the second time, I had full confidence. I was like, okay, you're going to give Justin a good push. And you did. Mm-hmm. You did. Yeah. Good
0: shit. Appreciate, yeah, yeah. Appreciate you. Appreciate yeah. you. Shout out to both of those guys because, like, you know what I mean? Without that, I wouldn't have, like, had a mental... Harder to overcome so much. Mm-hmm. It just would have been me against me, hitting pads, and like, who knows how long I would have stayed in that comfort zone. You feel me? So, so even bigger than that, right? Another thing for me was like, you said it in a different way earlier, but about discipline. You know, like mm-hmm. if you're not disciplined, and I forget how you said it, but if you're not disciplined in like a certain way, that's gonna manifest itself. Mm-hmm. So I'm a believer that how you do one thing is how you can do anything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, um, the confidence that I develop when I train is confidence that I can take and apply anywhere. That's another thing that I've yeah. learned. Yeah, facts. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, honestly, me even doing this podcast, if you would have asked me like a year ago, hey, you do new podcast? I'd be like, no, I don't really like talking for too long like that. I don't really mm-hmm. talk to people like that. But, between that and between, like even starting a the pomade, the pomade I started because I wanted I was on unemployment and I just was job hunting and I need something to do in between looking for jobs and so Fire I just wanted, too. I just appreciate it, appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. But I I just wanted to feel like I was good for something. Like I, I made it I made it as gifts mm-hmm. for people and like for myself to save money because again unemployment. So it was like let me feel useful as a human being and let me like make gifts for people. And I kept getting the affirmation. It's just like so I'm like okay, if I keep putting myself out. And I keep getting affirmation that that means that, like, the the person that I envision in my head is different than the person other people see. Yeah. And the culmination of that for me has been boxing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So everything that I saw from the sport before getting involved it myself has manifested since I've sort of been tested and up to this point um, feel like I've learned a lot of things about myself that I probably wouldn't have learned otherwise. Because another thing about it is, like, the adjustments that you that you have to make in the middle of sparring is like adaptability that you can take in life, but it's like hands on because like there are real life physical consequences to yes. not making adjustments. <laughs> yeah. Um And the, the mindset of like everything you learn is like manifested physically through getting hit, getting countered, mm-hmm. getting whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and so, yeah, it's it's just cool to hear that from a trainer perspective, and and you know to. That affirmation that both the trainer and the trainee receives. But going back to you, because I I talk too much for me sometimes for real. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was like, damn, that was a lot. But uh, I feel like needed. I needed to say it though. It was needed. It yeah, was needed. <laughs> for sure. But um, so your training. What made you decide, even as a trainer? Because you know you could train, you could train for you know at a gym, but then you you have your you know Your own thing What made you decide To to make it Like an entrepreneurial thing
1: You know I tried I tried working with people man I tried working out of the gyms And It just never worked out You know It just never worked out And then I felt like You know I felt like God was like Yo Like you need to You need to go through this On your own Like you need to figure this out Like Stop. You go back to your garage. You keep getting out of your garage, I need you to go back. You know what I'm saying? Go, go back to ground zero and figure that shit out. So I went back and uh, yeah, it's been working well. And I, and I love it, man, because I can kind of reach people my own way. There's no script. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? When I meet somebody, it's not. In the back of my mind, while I'm training, When I introduce myself to somebody And I'm answering the email I'm not thinking I have to make this sale You see what I'm saying I'm not thinking I mm -hmm. have to make this sale If I don't make this sale I don't eat Everything is genuine Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying When I I say hey I start a conversation It's not about I need to get this conversation So I can get this sale Or anything like that Like I hate that I hate being in an environment Where everything is about money
0: Yep it is.
1: Yeah. Everything is. You know what I'm saying? this You need money to survive. Mm-hmm. But if you want to genuinely reach somebody, you can't have that. You can't have that. Uh. Because people sense that. People sense that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. It's like Definitely. You, you you go buy a car. A person, hey, this is Bob. This is, let me show you this. You'd be like, oh, whoa, whoa, hold up, hold up. Yeah. I, I I don't trust you. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I don't trust you. So. I just like that I can genuinely reach people. And it's interesting, man. Like, uh, I feel like, I'm gonna use an analogy here. I feel like everybody has a mansion inside of them. And this mansion has like so many doors, right? And all the doors are locked. You with me? All the doors are locked. And I have to convince you that you have the key, you know what I'm saying? I have to convince you that you have the key and that you can open all of these doors. Something has told you that you can't open these doors or these doors, uh, uh, there's nothing behind the walls. There's nothing behind the door. Even if I open the door, there ain't nothing in there. That's a lie. There's a part of you that you put away because of some trauma you had some idea that you had That you couldn't do something You can't be this person You can't be that person But with my mitts And with my boxing I can convince you That you are these things That you don't think you are And that you have these keys You just have to get, get inside Get the key up out of you And open this door You have all the keys to every door That's in, that's in this mansion You just don't know you have them But I'm going to tell you you have them And eventually you're going to believe it. And eventually you're going to go, oh shit, I got these keys. I'm going to open all these doors. Mm -hmm. Oh, I am this person. I can do these things. That's why I love what I do. That's why I love what I do.
0: We could really end it here, but I feel like I got more questions. It's dope as hell. Like, Mm -hmm. objectively, like as somebody who would just be talking to you without the hands-on experience, that's like, that's what people look for in yeah. careers and life. Yeah. That kind of like fulfillment, that kind of passion. You know what I mean? So yeah. super dope. Last question, a little more of a fun question. But uh, who you have? I don't know if you have a top five or top ten pound for pound, but who is your top five to ten current pound for pound right now?
1: So I'm going to go with top five. All right. I think Crawford is number one. I think Canelo is number two. Uh no. Hold up. Pacquiao's number one. Right oh. now, right?
0: Current right As now. People the, just fighting. The right current now. the current version of that fighter.
1: Pacquiao's number one. The current version?
0: The current version of that fighter, yeah.
1: I'ma still rock with uh I'm gonna still rock with Pacquiao. Okay. I'ma still rock with Pacquiao. It's just that I'm not it's not his latest performance, but even with his latest performance he just he just whooped Thurman. And uh Real good, too. And primetime, Thurman. Primetime. Prime. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, I'll give Pacquiao. You got Crawford. Yeah, I'll put Crawford over Canelo. Then you got Canelo. Then, uh... Hmm. Would you put Tyson Fury over Anthony Joshua? Mm Mm-hmm.
0: I would personally.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'll go. Ahead. I, uh, I go Tyson Fury, and then. Um, but besides that, who else?
0: You got Garcia, small. Um. Uh, let's see. Well, did you? You name four or five? You name four at this point? I name four. All right. So you you can go. You go Lopez, Tufimbo. You can go because you, you can't put Loma above him at this point. Mm-hmm i haven't seen enough from
1: tio yet i know he beat loma yeah and uh but loma was like even though he had a phenomenal um amateur career and he was able to do what he did in the pros early pros i still don't think he should be ranked as the greats as some people were ranking him as and with that fight with Tio uh lopez i saw that uh He's he's not good at adjustment. He has he has
0: one game plan. All right. Well. And. Uh, we I'm, can leave the five spot open if you want. Unless you got unless I'm, you got somebody. I'll,
1: I'll go with a. Uh, uh, you know what? I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna get a lot of. I'm a little. Uh, I'm gonna get a lot of crap for it. But I think Shakur is my number five. And I think Shakur, out of all the young guys,
0: Shakur gonna be on top. Shout out Shakur. Shout out Stevens. Shout out Alexandria Boxing Club too. Yep. But other than that, um I had a lot of fun with this. So I appreciate you, you know, sharing your story and you know I mean it was good to know this side of, of you, you know what I mean? getting to know this side of you so uh, do you have any you wanna promote anything you got you, you want to share? You wanna shout out anybody? Yo,
1: uh I'm coming out with a couch to boxer program for beginner boxers um look on my website berthoboxingllc.com for the program. It's uh a great program for beginners. I'm telling you it's phenomenal. Um it's definitely going to be affordable for everyone. Be on the lookout. Yeah. um what about your socials? Oh. Uh berthoboxing on Instagram uh and that's it, man. I'm not on anything else. I'm not on anything else.
0: Cool. Well, if this is your first time listening, uh, you can follow me at The Water Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. Other than that, uh, we good. Once again, appreciate you.
1: Well, uh, uh, can I speak on Lomo right quick? Yeah, yeah. you go. All right, so when Lomo's fighting Teofimo Lopez, this is what I mean, right? So you have some... Um, some southpaws need the outside, and some southpaws don't need the outside. Right? They can box on the inside. They can box on the outside. It really don't matter. But I realized that Loma needed the outside. So once Teofimo was able to take that away from him, he didn't. He couldn't make that adjustment. You know what I'm saying? He mm-hmm. couldn't make that adjustment. So that's why I said. Uh, that's what I said. What I said about Loma, for all the Loma fans out there, I'm sorry, but. Uh, that's why I put Shakur Steven over Loma Because Shakur Stevenson don't need the outside uh, Spence don't need the outside You know what I'm saying? Inside or outside, they
0: good So, yeah Yeah, JAD was sharp that night too Sharp sharp. Everybody, appreciate y'all listening We out Tomorrow may never show up For you and me the slide I ain't no perfect man I'm
1: trying to do the best that I can with what it is I have I ain't no perfect man I'm tryna to do the best that I can
0: with what it is I have